Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Hi, welcome to episode three of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Rachel. She is going to be visiting with me, kind of like a little, kind of like sitting down in your living room and having coffee, um, at at least 50% of the time in these podcasts. And I'm really excited just to have conversations with Rachel that you guys can listen in on. These will be topics that are really important to both Rachel and myself. And I believe that they're going to be really important to you too. Rachel is the community support director within the flying free, the private flying free membership group. And so she takes care of, um, well, she takes, she does a lot of the administration in that group and I could not do that group without her. So I'm really excited. She's, but she's also a friend of mine and I'm really excited to just have these conversations with her. So Rachel, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we'll get started. I am so excited to be talking to you today. I'm armed with coffee. I'm all set up for a, a conversation over coffee. Awesome. I, um, so yeah, my name is Rachel. I have been divorced uh, about nine months now, um, longer than that, learning about um, how was about uh, this topic, emotional abuse and marriage and life in general. And I'm still a student of those things and always looking to learn more about what God says about um, marriage and, and who I am in him. And so I personally, I have um, a 13 year old and an energetic German shepherd and they both keep me very busy. And they also, God uses me things about, um, (laughs) about life. And um, so it's always surprising where things um, pop up like that, but I am so excited to be here and I'm looking forward to diving into you, diving into this. Yay. Okay. Well, ladies, today we are going to talk about a question that you can ask yourself throughout 2019. And the where, I got the idea of this question. Uh, a friend of mine actually sent me a link to a YouTube video where this new ager kind of person was um, suggesting a question for her listeners to ask themselves. And the question that she challenged her listeners to ask was, in any decision that comes up in their lives, was, what would a woman who loves herself do in this situation? And I just, that question was so intriguing to me. And I thought, you know, how would I, well, immediately though, as a Christian woman who was raised very conservative and I've spent decades of my life in a very, you know, fundamentalist, conservative, uh, religious circles, that question immediately caused, you know, the hair on my neck to stand up because I, I, I automatically have this visceral reaction to, loving yourself. You know, when I hear the subject of, you know, you just have to love yourself. Number one, I would have, if you would have brought that subject up to me 10 years ago, I would have said, oh my word, that's just, you know, that's such a cliche and it's so stupid. And you know, why (laughs) we shouldn't be like, we should be loving other people, right? We love God, we love others, but there's no room to love yourself. And if you love yourself, that's just selfish. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this question and I thought how, but see now, 10 years later, I really believe that 
learning how to love yourself is actually one of the keys to your he- healing and recovery. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. But, but I was just thinking, okay, so how could I rephrase that question for my readers and listeners so that it wouldn't be quite so, you know, ugh, knee-jerk reaction, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So here's how I would ask the question. What would a woman who honors herself do? A woman who honors herself as a child, a daughter of the king of kings and who is honored by the king of kings. All right. Mm -hmm. When you see someone like that, so try to set yourself aside and just picture a woman standing in front of you who is an ambassador and a daughter of the king of the whole universe. And, you know, when I think of royalty, I think they definitely honor themselves. I mean, have you ever seen a, a person of royalty behave in a way that's dishonoring to them? Well, I, I suppose there are people that, you know. <laughs> well, but think about it. So absolutely not, because then they're dishonoring the entire, um, you know, system. They're maybe even the entire country because they're representatives exactly. of that country, right? Exactly. Exactly. So really, that and that's such a really good point because really when you honor yourself, you are actually also honoring your country and your family and... Right. Yeah. So as Christians, what would I do in this situation? So this you can use this question for anything. You can use it for decisions that you have to make, whether it's big decisions like... Um, should I move or should I stay in my home? Or you can ask it for like medium kinds of decisions, like um, it's a medium decision. Um, should I, you know, how am I going to respond to this child who is out of control? Right. Or you can ask it for a minor situation, like what am I going to eat today for breakfast? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. if you asked that question prior to making your decision, how would your, some of your decisions change? So um, anyway, I thought what we'd talk about though is because of that hang up that I have and that I'm sure that many of you have when you hear that kind of question, I think that we should kind of unravel that a little bit. Why do we feel like we cannot honor ourselves or love ourselves? What is in our way? So I think first of all, it is shame. And shame is very pervasive. It is the of the curse, Adam and Eve, immediately after they sinned against God by eating what he had told them not to eat, felt shame. They're aware of their own nakedness. They wanted to hide. And shame affects a lot of what we do. And sometimes, I think most of the time, we're not even aware of it and how it does affect us. So um, learning to love yourself and to see yourself as worthy of God's love is a huge part. And so you have to really dive into what is the shame that, and how is it presenting itself and keeping me from stepping into the love of God and how the truth of how he sees me because of what Jesus did on the cross. Does that make sense? Yes. It make I think of the word worth, like worthiness. Yeah. We don't, a lot of times Christian women don't feel that they are worth asking for respect or they're not worth having, being able to have boundaries or they're not worth dying for even, you know, if you want to bring it back to your relationship with God, I'm not, I'm not worth dying for. 
Yes. And, and I also know personally that, that, that question of worth has been so big in my life. Personally, for me, I always felt like if I didn't work, 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 do, 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 and, and I asked something of someone else or asked God, you know, of something, I was going to outstep my worth. I was, it was going to tip the scales and I was, um, I had asked for more than I could ever ask for. And, um, my worth was expired basically, or (laughs) (laughs) I had had overstepped my bounds. And so I actually wear a bracelet on my wrist that is very simple. It's silver with a chain and it has a cross and it, it is designed to remind myself that I was worthy to go to that cross. Um, Jesus, Jesus thought that I was worthy enough to go to that cross and pay the price. And for me, so that I could be in relationship with God. And that means I have infinite worth as a child of God, as a daughter of the King. So I have to look at that quite a bit. (laughs) That's beautiful. I think, have you ever, have you felt like, well, I have, I have worth when I do certain things or fulfill certain obligations or like, what are some things that you've in the past felt like I have to do these things in order to feel like I have some worth? So, uh, a big one for me was, is my husband happy with me at this current moment? Because if he's not, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing um, in my life in order to earn my worth. And I've had to really step outside that because that was an, a bottomless pit that I could have kept pouring myself into. And he, would, he was never happy with me. Um, it was never enough. And I think that question of enough is a big one also for women. What am I enough? Am I um, just as I am going to be worthwhile? And uh, so those are things that we wrestle with. But I, I, I was just reading this yesterday um, in Galatians, Galatians 3. And I just want to encourage, Galatians is a wonderful book. It is a beautiful um, picture of, of God and um, and the story of, of, um, learning not to fear man, but to fear God. And that's been big in my life, but Paul's talking to the Galatians and he says, does God supply you with the spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by what you do? Or is it by hearing with faith, Mm. hearing the truth of what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he did for us with faith. So, um, that would be, I loved that, um, verse and I, actually wrote it down for myself because back to that over and over again, because I think it is really easy for us to get sucked in to the works of the law, working, trying to earn, um, maybe not our salvation because we know we can't earn favor with God or earn, um, his. no, it's just bring with faith. And the other thing is, um, having a, an accurate picture of how he sees us. And Natalie, I just, um, this story because I've come to realize the most accurate picture of God's love for us is a parent um, looking at their newborn baby and seeing this that love for them. That baby can't do anything for them. There's no way that uh, that that baby uh, earned their love. But the the parent is pure, and it's 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 like cool. Really, it's out of this world, and I think that's because it originates from God. But he's my thirteen. Because when he was born, the doctors put him on my stomach and he immediately pooped and peed all over me. <laughs> a lot of babies do that, right? But I'm so excited to 
And um, I, I kept saying, hi, precious, hi, precious. I was all hopped up on drugs. But <laughs> he had just <laughs> peed all over me, but he was more precious to me than I could ever have thought and, or, or ever pictured in my um, And that's how God sees us. We're dirty in our sin, right? We, we um, have pooped and peed all <laughs> Yep. But he loves us in that, and he's just enough to um, make a way for us to be in relationship with. And it's so it makes the sweetness of what Christ did on the cross for us just that much um, more rich. Right. Well, and when you know that analogy makes me think too of we don't think of our babies when they do those things when they cry or they have diarrhea or they throw up or whatever. We don't think of those things as being like barriers between us and our love for them. And like you would, so, you know, I grew up believing and even as an adult believing that my sin created a barrier between me and God. And it does. I mean, sin does create a barrier between us. But even after I was saved, that there was a barrier between God and myself every time I did something that I determined was, or that someone else in my life determined was, not acceptable. And that mm-hmm. then, then I, well, it wasn't acceptable to God. To the point where I would go to communion service, you know, on a Sunday morning and there maybe had been, you know, I had nine children. So Sunday mornings, getting everybody ready to go and nursing mm-hmm. a baby and the whole nine yards didn't always go very smoothly. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't think it ever went smoothly, <laughs> but, but you know, and, and then I was living with someone who wasn't the most encouraging person on the planet. And so yeah. I, we, I would, you know, by the time we got to church, I felt so much shame and so much, you know, we go to church and we'd be smiling, but I knew it's just, a, it's just a, I felt like such a hypocrite and I wouldn't take communion. And I would oh. think, you know, I would think because I thought I'm not worthy to take communion. So the oh. very point of communion which uh-huh. is to remember Christ's, but see, we were taught that in our church, that you uh-huh. take communion, that if, that if you take communion when you have sin in your life, then you're actually, you know, you're violating your church, or that, you know, you run in danger of, I can't remember how they, there's a verse, I should have prepped, you know, before I, I got on here, but I didn't know I was going to go this direction, but I, I felt that it wasn't, uh, appropriate to take communion if you had sin in your life, that you had to have made everything right. So um, I know there was at least once or twice where I would actually lean over and I knew my husband was not happy with me. I would lean over and I would say, I'm sorry that I, you know, got upset about this. Will you please forgive me just so that I could take communion? Mm -hmm. And then at other times I would just not take communion. And, but he, he always took communion, but (laughs) (laughs) so, um, But anyway, so I realized one of the things that I had to learn to heal from all of that is that God, like, like you said, the mother with her baby, God actually understands and knows that we are dust and he doesn't expect us to be perfect. Really? You were supposed to be perfect before you took communion. Nobody would ever, ever be able to take communion. Absolutely not. Yeah. So there's this double message of, yes, grace for salvation, but after you're saved, you need to dot your I's and cross your T's or else 
God will, you know, you've put up a wall between you and God. And if other people aren't happy, if your husband, especially as a wife, if your husband is not happy Mm -hmm. with you, then of Mm -hmm. course God is not happy with you because God is, your husband is God's representative in your life. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Mm. What an utter perversion of God's truth. And that is so hard because what is the most deceptive to us? It is truth mixed with lies. And I think that is what the devil absolutely excels at. And he wants us mixed up in those lies and he wants us confused and he wants us fearful that we're going to run afoul of God's love and that his grace is going to run out on us because we had a really hard time getting out of of the house on on a a Sunday morning, right? You finally outstepped the bounds of God's grace and (laughs) you better fix yourself, right? (laughs) But, you know, and it's, but it's mixed with this truth of, you know, if you really do have a genuine, um, if there's something between you and, and a brother, right, as it says in the Bible, um, then you're, you're supposed to make amends, right? And that, I think that that truth, it can be twisted into, this is all on you, and you've not done enough, and how dare you, and you, you your, your, the grace has run out. So yes. these, these good principles for making sure that you're living in harmony with your brothers and sisters um, are then used as a weapon against you. How... Um, how horrible that is, that is awful. Um, and I think it's just a reflection of the fallen nature of this world. And it just, every, every day when I, um, I sort of come to grips with the reality of how fallen this world is, it just makes the prospects of heaven and and living in, in communion with God just so much sweeter. You know, Natalie, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to, this thought about, um, honoring God with, um, our actions by treating ourselves as an honored daughter of the King. And so what we were talking about earlier with asking your, yourself that question in 2019, um, in hard decisions, medium decisions and simple decisions or what should be simple decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this is something I've been working through in my personal life. Um, being aware of how, what's really going on inside of me, because honestly for my entire life, in one way or another, I've been in a state of numbness or um, like trying to avoid pain, I think. And obviously numbness does that, but um, like not really being totally aware of uh, what's going on inside of me and what my real motivations for things are. And that's funny because I've always thought of myself as a self-aware person. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I was self-aware because other people told me what my motives were <laughs> which wasn't necessarily true. That's one of the things our husbands do that are so damaging is they tell us what we do, you know, and why we do it. And it's not, it has no basis in reality. So anyway, like if there is, you know, a daily, you know, decision that has to be made, like, what am I going to eat? Am I going to go shopping today? You know, these are neutral things, right? Eating, you know, we have to eat in order to live and we have to provide, you know, things, groceries or whatever clothes for our family and ourselves. But I think it's really um, valuable to ask yourself, what is what is going on inside of me as I do these things? Because it can be honoring to myself to eat, um, you know, obviously a nutritious meal or something. But um, sometimes it's not honoring to, to, to eat in a way that um, maybe, you know, like you're eating because you want to numb yourself or because it's comforting to you. I, that's something I have a lot of personal experience with. So, I, I try. <laughs> well, and so here's the other thing though, as I'm, I'm aware of it now, but there's sometimes when I like, I don't know 
I don't have any other tools other than this right in this moment. And so that's when grace comes in, mm-hmm. right? It's like realizing like, I'm going to heal from this someday, but I am not there yet. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, but, but honestly though, it, it is not honoring to yourself to eat in a way, you know, when you're not hungry or to eat only sweets or something like that. So, um, I think it's really important to be aware of how neutral things can play out in your life and in different situations and not to live by a certain set of rules because the situation changes. Like, you know, that example of um, like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to eat candy by myself in the closet because I, my husband was cruel to me today. Maybe, you know, that's not honoring to yourself, but maybe in a different situation, eating candy would be honoring to yourself. Like if you're, you know, you made candy with your kids and you're going to try it, you know, right. um, together. And it's, it's a place of community, but it has to be, it can't, there's no hard and fast rules and you shouldn't, I mean, there's no formula for these things. It's really about just being self-aware and, and um, also open to what God's truth may be telling you in that moment. Right. It's painful. <laughs> that makes me, it makes me think of, you know, you see so many things on Facebook or there's a lot of mommy bloggers who will talk about their health, their health food journey, or yeah, some of them are actually selling products mm-hmm. that you know, and they bring in a lot of they actually bring in a lot of shame if you aren't doing your life or making the same decisions that they've made for their lives, right? And I don't know that they intentionally mean to do that. I I'm guessing probably not, but I I do remember feeling often like I would read things on Facebook and then I would go to church and I would listen to different friends talking about what they were doing in their lives. And I would immediately be analyzing my own life for all Mm -hmm. of the ways that I was lacking in all of that. Sometimes I would even say, oh my word, I never thought about that. And then they would say, (laughs) oh, well, you should think about that. Oh, I would go home and I would just vex over, oh my word. And this is you know, I had, I had lots of children. I was homeschooling. I had a destructive marriage and I was under tremendous amounts. And some of my kids were special needs, tremendous mm-hmm. amount of pressure to make my life work, you know, and, it, and I couldn't keep all the, I felt like people were putting boxes. Like I was, had my arms out and people kept piling boxes and more boxes and more boxes on top of my arms. And I couldn't hold them all. And if one of those boxes fell off, everyone would be pointing their finger and saying, you dropped a box, pick your boxes up. What are you doing? You can't drop boxes. It was just a horrible way to live. None of those people pointing fingers were going to help you pick up a box. Absolutely (laughs) not. This was all on you, (laughs) Right? right? And what were they doing? They were accusing you. And you know, you're, you're walking around with these boxes and you drop one and they're there to accuse you. Who is the well, accuser? It is the devil. Right. That is not of God. <laughs> well, and I think, I think my worst accuser, honestly, was myself. Yeah. Well, I that's think, true. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, which really, which circles back around this question of self-love. Mm-hmm. If you can't accept yourself now... You know, if someone, I mean, I'm still working on this. It's not, I'm definitely a work in progress. Me too. Now, if someone were to say something to me that was kind of shaming or, you know, I see that you're not doing this and you should really try this because this is what I do and 
you know, it makes my life amazeballs. I would, now my knee-jerk reaction would not be, oh my word, I got to do that. Now my knee-jerk would, reaction would be, there's, I, would, I would see it as being a problem that they have of trying to put their shame on top of me and I wouldn't, it would roll off my back. It would yeah. kind of bug me, I guess, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't take it on as a, I wouldn't think, oh, I wouldn't feel all of the shame. Yeah, I might yeah. feel a twinge, you know, residual, <laughs> a twinge of residual shame. And then I would yeah. talk myself off that ledge because I've been rewiring my brain for the last several years. Yeah. And um, my knee-jerk reaction just isn't to react in shame anymore. It's to react in from a place, really from a place of self-acceptance and self-love, which I know sounds terrible, but that is healthy, actually. It's healthy to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm really glad that drinking that particular drink, um, healthy drink works for you. And, you know, that's wonderful that you're even making some money off of it. But I... I'm, you know, I'm doing, making some different choices for my life or I'm just not there right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that's okay. And we can, and, and I think the bottom line, Rachel, is always love. It's not just love for ourselves, but love for the other person and love for God also. If you boil, if you take away all of the rules and regulations and you just make decisions based on love for yourself, love for others and love for God, and they're not exclusive, just because you love yourself doesn't mean you don't love other people. That's what I think you hear, that, that message, you know? Well, if you do something that's honoring to yourself, then you're basically dishonoring other people. No, I can actually say no to this person in an honoring way and honor myself and honor them. Just mm-hmm. be, Now, they might not feel that. They might think, well, the only honorable response to show me love is if you buy my product. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, you, I go to your church. I'm selling this product, and I need money, and you need to buy it, and that's honoring to me. And you're showing love to me to buy my product, so you better do it now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I had to learn that no, someone can actually. I need to live in the uncomfortable feeling that someone's maybe disapproved of me because I had to say no to something. Whether it's no, I can't buy that product, or no, I can't work in the nursery, or no, I can't take on this extra ministry responsibility because I've got other responsibilities, the answer is no. And it's not because I don't love you or don't want to help you. It's because I have priorities and my priority right now, and they don't necessarily include making sure that you get everything that you want from me. And I mean, I don't know. I think this is huge. I mean, this is why so many of us stayed stuck or stay stuck in destructive relationships because we're just on this hamster wheel of trying to make everybody happy. And that's just a, that is definitely a hamster wheel. You will never go anywhere ever. Yeah. So one of the things I've gone back to over and over again, you know, when Jesus is talking about what is the greatest commandment and he's boiling the law, you know, all these thousands of years of Jewish law and tradition down into this basically one sentence, love the Lord your God um, with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. You cannot love your neighbor if you do not honor yourself and love yourself. Yep. So that is, I mean, we're stepping aside of what God's called us to do because let's think about that. If that person who's, uh, who's asking you and putting pressure on you and shaming you to do those things, um, 
if they truly loved you, they wouldn't be doing those things. They would say, well, I want what's best for Natalie. And if she's making that decision, I'm glad for her. But so what they're doing is they're not loving, they're not honoring you um, by acting in that way. And um, we don't want to fall into that trap. We want to love people the, the way that, that Jesus loved people. And Jesus was the most well-boundaried person I think we could ever look to. <laughs> he right. told people no all the time. Right. And he had people wanting things from him all the time, whether they were Pharisees or the crowds or um, anyone, you know, and he was really skilled at, at taking time. Like if you look like Jesus went to rest by himself all the time, he went to pray. He, he made sure that his needs were um, being met because he couldn't go out and serve the people that he was called to serve, put on earth to serve and to die for if he didn't do those things. Right. And, and, the, and it's, the flip is also true. Because we, as we are become okay with ourselves saying no, we mm-hmm. actually become okay with other people saying no to us. Exactly. It, yeah. And, and think about, you know, I always think about the, you know, Jesus was okay with people saying no. Not everyone followed him. He didn't. Yes. And he didn't go chasing after them or feel resentful. Oh, I can't believe that rich young ruler didn't follow me. You know, he didn't feel resentful. He let everyone have, everyone has freedom. So when you have that, when you come from that place of strength, you're not only okay with saying no to other people and being okay with yourself saying no, but you're also okay with other people saying no to you. And I, if I'm honest, I would say that back when I was steeped in all of this stuff, I not only felt obligated to say yes to people to make them happy. I mean, I didn't always do it, but I always felt really, really guilty when I said no, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's not that noble to say no and then sit back and just, you know, beat yourself up for it and feel bad. You want to be able to say no and walk away and not think about it again, right? Right, because your worth isn't coming from that person's approval. Exactly. But then I would also feel like if they didn't say yes to me, you know, I have a favor that I, and I rarely ask people for favors, so you know, because I didn't want to put them out. Right. But when I did ask for a favor, when I did, you know, cash in my card, I kind of expected that they would say yes. And when they didn't, I would get mad. Like, why would they say yes? Yeah. I've done all of these things. I have earned enough points that I should be able to cash in and get a favor in return, right? Yes. So that yes. wasn't really loving for me either to give them the freedom. It really comes down to, I'm going to control my life, but I'm not going to control other people. Other people have the right to say no to me. I have the right to say no to them. And we can all still have relationships with each other that are healthy in spite of that. Because we love each other and we want what's truly exactly. best for the other. Exactly. So, and we could go into, our time is up now, but we could go into, you know, the, how this relates to marriage, you know, our marriage relationships when we were instructive relationships, mm-hmm. because this dynamic was a, was huge in, yeah. in those relationships. But, but we are realizing that, and we're trying to communicate here that it's not just the marriage. It's, it's every, it's our relationships with everybody across the board. And one of the signs that we're getting healthy is seeing that we are able to say no without feeling guilty. And we're also able to accept other people's no. I recently, you know, there's been a situation recently where I really felt strongly that someone should make a certain decision in that would affect my life. And they didn't make the decision that I thought that they should make. And it was very, very upsetting to me. And I really had to just step back and go, you know, that's their right to not make, 
to not make the decision that I thought that they should make. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't kind. It wasn't loving, but I can understand, you know, I tried to put myself in their shoes and understand why they did what they did. And this is not an unhealthy person. Okay. This is actually a very healthy boundary person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, but I just had to see that I could see then, like you were talking about being self-aware, I could see inside of myself, ah, oh, there's still some, you know, there's still some problems. I still have some problems inside with mm-hmm. expectations of my mm-hmm. own. And so we're always going to be working on that. But anyway, this was really good. Um, there's a final thought I wanted to share. Yeah. And that is, you know, as you're working through the shame and, and looking internally at what, you know, what may be causing you to act out in ways that um, are based in shame and that maybe aren't the most honoring to yourself, I just want to encourage the listeners here that just step into God's grace, bring his grace into that place where you are, even if it's uncomfortable, um, even if you're, you know, you've been trying to hide that from God all your life, he knows and he loves you just the same. And he is patient and kind above all else and surrender to him and his healing and, um, surrender to how he wants to sanctify you and grow you and, um, help you be more mature and walk with him because he will, even if it's slow. And that's how God, I think that's how God's works works. At least that's how I see it in my own life. It's over a season. It's never in one day. You know, sometimes we do get revelations in one day that are sort of life-changing, but more often it's plodding along every day with consistency, with a Bible in your lap, finding out about the character of God and and what he says about you. So just bring grace into that, not not works of the law and and striving and um, trying to earn anything because you can't. Yep. Okay. So, um, and I will just close by reminding everyone of the one question to ask yourself throughout 2019. Um, according to this like new age guru person, she said, if you ask yourself this question, she said it in a voice like that. If you ask yourself this question, every time you come to make a decision, your life will be completely different one year from now. So I'm going to say it in my own kind of tone. If you, I really do believe that if you ask yourself this question, what it's going to do is it will rewire your brain to view yourself instead of viewing yourself as this wormy person on the ground who's worth nothing and full of shame and just, you know, view yourself the way God views you, which is a woman of honor who belongs to him. You are his daughter. So you're a princess, you know, in a, if you were to look at this from a royal perspective. And ask yourself, what would a woman who honors herself and honors her father do in this situation? And not to bring shame onto yourself, but to see yourself as a person of honor. Um, so also to close, I just want to remind everyone that if, you, if you're a new listener, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment if this is Um, these are topics that are important to you. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Also, if you are interested in learning more, you can always go to my website, www.flyingfreenow.com and sign up to get on my mailing list. The sign up is right at the top of the page. All you have to do is put your email address in there and click the hit or click the button and you will be on my mailing list. I do not spam. I just, I'll just let you know when there's a new podcast. I'll let you know when there's a new blog article. It's usually a few times a month. So that's it. 
thank you for joining me, Rachel. And I can't wait until next time when we talk about a different topic. This is so much fun. Thank you. (laughs) Fly free.